welcome to the What's Shaken Parkinson's Podcast, where we explore information to learn about and to offer you a bi-weekly insight into the world of Parkinson's disease. Thanks for joining. Shaken Parkinson's podcast, episode number five. We're moving right along, Hal. Yes, we are. It's coming along nice. Getting a lot of uh, nice uh, words out there. They're they're listening to us and enjoying it. So today's guest on What's Shaken, um, Hal, you were not in this interview. It was a early morning. Um, gentleman named Ray Griffiths, mm-hmm. and Ray uh, is in Great Britain. Uh, did did me the courtesy of arranging special time. Yeah, I remember all those emails. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it took a while to get the calendar together, um, but we're very appreciative that Ray was able to take time out of his day and and uh, share some information with us. Uh, Ray brings us into the uh, broader perspective of of health, um, rather than looking specifically at neurological and and Parkinson's, more specifically in particular. Um, this is a, uh, a more of the overarching effects of diet uh, on lifestyle, uh, diet okay. lifestyle on your health. Uh, so Ray is a uh, nutritionist. Uh, he's got a master's in mitochondria and Parkinson's disease. Um, his posts on LinkedIn are fascinating. Recently, he's had quite a few on Alzheimer's and memory and how diet and various supplements in your diet will, uh, in many cases, uh, help. Uh, prolong um, your your memory and your health and and hold off things like uh, Alzheimer's very nice very nice um, just have to remember to take the pills then I guess <laughs> exactly um, he's gonna talk a lot uh, you know energy levels uh, the the reasons that he went into it uh, which we'll hear uh, and it's all about improving your diet improve your health well I'm looking forward to listening Frank and uh, lay it on us awesome enjoy everybody it's Ray Griffiths, and we'll be sharing on our um, Facebook page uh, contact info for Ray as well as references to a couple of the books that he's written. So, enjoy. We're speaking with Ray Griffiths. Um, Ray, uh, you're uh, probably the first interview where we're looking at as something that is more of universal interest uh, as far as diet benefits go. Um, as opposed to where we've really gone into the neurological uh, factors and specifically aimed at Parkinson's. And you uh, are an expert in both of those areas, uh, if, if I can use that term. And, and certainly, I'd like you to tell us a little about your uh, your studies, your background, and, and why I would make that comment. Uh, yeah, I mean, my whole beginning started with my own chronic fatigue. That was in the, 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 kind of the, the late 90s. I was suffering. I was working too hard. <laughs> I think many people can relate to that. Working too hard. I was exhausted. And um, yeah, I started studying nutrition. And I just, I found it, it was a great intersection between the diet, nutrition, lifestyle. It's It's a whole body experience. And it really open my mind to what was going on in my world psychologically nourishment and, and I love that word nourishment because the brain needs to be nourished with all sorts of different levels and so my 
my brain and my body wasn't being nourished by the lifestyle I was living. So I, I started studying nutrition and I just kept on and on and on, just learning more and more. And until, until in around 2010, um, I uh, uh, embarked on a master's degree course. And um, my dissertation for that master's degree, degree course was on mitochondria and Parkinson's disease. Um, and I was just blown away in 2010, I was blown away by the amount of subtle nuanced science coming through in understanding Parkinson's to do with mitochondria, our, our power packs of our cells and particularly in neurons. We, neurons absolutely depend on mitochondria, these little power packs for our energy and the, the understanding coming through uh, around that time of, of how mitochondria and their dysfunction is implicated in Parkinson's has led me to write uh, several books, three books related to Parkinson's, mitochondria and depression. Fascinating. Uh, and the, uh, any organizations that you're affiliated with in, in that um, realm? Uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm a lecturer at a, a college called the um, College of Naturopathic uh, nutrition, CNM, and I, I lecture in London, but uh, we we do have several colleges around the, the world. Um, usually, I just lecture in London, but with lockdown, I've been lecturing to a much wider through online Zoom meetings. I've been lecturing to a much wider uh, number of colleges, and also last week, I was putting together their online version, which is going to go worldwide um, of, of that course. And, the particular, particular part of the course that I lecture is aging, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's dementia, multiple sclerosis. So we cross quite a broad range of, of aging, including the aging brain. And just looking at the, the things that interconnect a lot of these neurological conditions, they, they do interconnect. There's lots of things that apply to all those conditions, particularly inflammation. Sure. Um, I should point out um, one of uh, the books that Ray had mentioned, we will uh, make sure that we post on our Facebook page so that uh, anybody can see links or have access to them. I've read one of them, uh, Depression, the Mind-Body Diet and Lifestyle Connection, uh, which, again, I, I had mentioned coming into this that uh, this is a broader view than, than we've taken up to this point and certainly something that affects a, uh, a wider range of the population than, than Parkinson's. Um, so other than Parkinson's, have you um, worked with people who've experienced uh, any other serious health issues, neurological diseases? Uh, yeah, I've worked with a few MS clients and I've, I've worked with quite a few Parkinson's people and uh, about, I suppose about five MS clients I've worked with. Mm -hmm. um, I have worked with, with uh, about 10 people with cancer, different forms of cancer. Um, it's, it's quite... It's very stressful. I mean, it's stressful working with people with complex conditions, but particularly cancer because of what ultimately is, is likely to happen. But my, my first cancer client was a, was a dog. Um, wow. So, <laughs> so and, and it, the dog responded really, really well. And uh, you're, not, you're not meant to fall in love with your clients, but I did. Um, <laughs> I did. I absolutely fell head over heels in love with this Labrador dog. She was oh. absolutely wonderful. Mm. um so yeah and so and responded incredibly well and that, that that really gave me the motivation to really appreciate the power of nutrition if we can match it to the person sure uh, my wife has ms um, and i see so many um 
while they're two very specifically different uh, diseases between Parkinson's and MS, uh, there are so many similarities that I see in interacting with my wife and, and with Hal um, that I'm frequently reminded to be patient. Uh, and, and I think that's anybody who is a, a family member or, or a close friend of someone can relate to that. Um, I am uh, somewhat short of, uh, of patience and yeah, I, I need to take into account that someone doesn't process things as I'm anticipating that they will. And I just have to hang in there and give them time, uh, repeat yeah. it a few times and, and be patient. And there are good days and bad days. And during those bad days, you're sometimes you're not getting through, but it doesn't mean to not keep trying. Yeah, I mean, I mean at a at a, at a level of the neurons and the myelin sheath and the so in MS the the myelin sheath is damaged. So you don't get the, the oligodendrocytes that that provide the myelin sheath. They're damaged, and so this these neurons just don't fire as well as they should. And so someone may not be able to react, may not be able to speak and answer. You think you think they're holding back and gone quiet, but they may not be able to answer you in that particular moment because those neurons aren't firing. Sure. Um, so do you uh, work actively with clients at this stage of your career, uh, your consultation? I know you do lecturing as well. Yeah, I mean, the lecturing's taken over more. I still got a few clients that I've probably got about six or seven clients on my books that, that I work with. Um, but I'm not actively seeking clients because I really love the research and the writing and the teaching. And there's not, there's not really enough room for everything. Uh, so yeah, when you're working with a lot of clients that takes all your time. And as much as I like working with people, I, I really enjoy getting out there and talking as well. Sure. And certainly the ability to reach a broader audience and, and um, yeah. is beneficial as well. Yeah. Uh, when you have had the opportunity to work with clients, uh, you are part of a team. We had uh, had a recent interview with a um, with an MSW social worker, and she had uh, again. I had commented how we've looked at the physician end of this so far, and um, physician patient is a one on one relationship. Uh, but the overview of a full team. Uh, of someone working with diet, working with in-home needs, uh, training caregivers uh, to make sure that they're following through with certain things uh, is, a, is a much broader view. Um, so can you describe a little of your um, reaching out, your communication with family members and how you, you encourage them to interact with the patient? Yeah, I, mean, I, I do, do tend to work one-on-one -on -one with people that are fairly high functioning I haven't I haven't got anyone in my books that is not low functioning uh, they're all fairly high functioning so quite often family members will come to consultations will be at the consultations and will be taking notes I do have um, I do refer people to speech therapists to um, uh, suggest that they reach out to Parkinson's groups as well. I mean, there's a couple of clients that go to Parkinson's dance classes. I, I posted yes. something recently about Parkinson's dance classes and, and th they're really, really helpful. The speech therapists are, are incredibly helpful that 
as someone progresses with Parkinson's, the speech can become more and more difficult and quieter. So encouraging people to have speech therapy at the very early stages is incredibly important to sure. allow that expression. So I probably, maybe I don't reach out enough. Uh, I don't perhaps have a, a big enough group around me as perhaps I, I, I could do, but I do reach out when I can. Uh -huh. and, and, de and definitely having those family members involved as well so they can really understand the process having the family members come to consultations certainly uh, how works with a parkinson's boxing group um it, it helps with the the footwork the hand eye yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and yeah. just balance and and yeah. everything that dance that dancing is definitely that that as well the, the, sure. the music and uh, but but not just but the, the music itself um, so I, I, I really, this is to do with depression as well. The neurotrophins, the brain nourishers, these proteins that the, the brain makes to, to help keep the integrity of the brain. So brain-derived neurotrophic factor is a really important one. And it's low in depression, it's low in MS, it's low in Parkinson's. So when we do things that really inspire us and lift our spirits, um, brain-derived neurotrophic factor goes up. So just the music and the dancing and the expression and the passion behind something will be enough to help drive these brain growth chemicals to help maintain the integrity of our neurons as well, particularly in the dopamine-producing neurons. Sure. Uh, Ray has some... Uh, I encourage everyone to uh, look for Ray on LinkedIn to follow him. Um, some of his posts are fascinating. I personally don't understand all of them, <laughs> um, but I find value. Uh, again, this is a overview and a much broader health um, re region and uh, an area than we've specifically focused on. And I think everybody will find value in your posts. Mm. Um, so when you're working with someone in a, in a broader range such as this. Um, do you generally try to customize a diet and health uh, plan for them? Do you have a, a let's call it a go-to where there's the peer, food pyramid? Um, we see so many variations to which today, and I, mm -hmm. I did want to ask you specifically about that. Um, how is, uh, for example, looking into a, a keto diet? Uh, I eat the same breakfast and lunch every day, Monday through Friday. Um, so I, I don't, don't think it hits all of the things. And if it weren't yeah. for my wife, I probably would eat two or three dinners only and, and <laughs> balance around that. Um, so I certainly don't have a balanced diet. I consider myself very healthy and mainly fortunate that I've got great genes. Uh, but uh, is that the area you would start? Um, yeah. in, in, and then look at the effect of what someone's diet has on their health. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, we can't do anything without addressing diet. I mean, the diet is, is the number one go-to thing to deal with. And if someone's got a diet that's really poor, it's got fast food, simple carbohydrates, uh, that, that's a real no-no. And, and not only is that Western-style diet really damaging in itself, it also means that the more carbs you're eating and the more junk you're eating that the less you're going to be eating really healthy foods sure so you're my, filling up with all the crap yeah um and i i, I and this is to do with ms again I, and but terry walls people might have heard of terry walls who uh the doctor that transitioned from from being in a wheelchair to being able to walk and exercise she went from a junk food diet to eating a really healthy diet and her brain health just 
um, transformed over that that year, I think between 2008, 2009. And it's the same with Parkinson's. If someone's on a really um, a, a junk food diet and they're not getting those fruits and vegetables, they're not getting plenty of good fats, uh, they're not getting all the nutrients they need, that's really going to undermine brain health. So the first thing I do is, is look at, are they, are they eating something like a, a Western style diet that's got lots of simple carbohydrates, lots of sugars, no, no real nutrients in it and try and transition them across to more of a Mediterranean style diet. That's, that's my, my aim. I'm less keto, a more Mediterranean style diet because the thing about the Mediterranean style diet, it's really rich in colors and extra virgin olive oil. It's a real pleasure to see that on your plate. It's a real pleasure to see it. So I'm really much, into just not just um, eating the right things because you should do, but because actually it feels really, really good. Um, and that forms, have you, have you heard of the mind diet? It's I a, have not. No, so the mind diet is, it's the Mediterranean diet uh, com combined with something called the DASH diet. It's a, the DASH diet is an antihypertensive diet. And so the mind diet is a combination of the Mediterranean diet and the antihypertensive diet. And the antihypertensive diet has lots of minerals in it. And bringing them together, it's called the mind diet. And uh, I think Dr. Dale Bredston's behind a lot of the uh, drive for this mind diet. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant by bringing in lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, lots of extra virgin olive oil, and really enjoying the eating. I mean, the, the Mediterranean diet is not just about eating the right things. It's an immersive experience in that the, the United Nations definition of the Mediterranean diet is not just the food, it's the people you're with when you eat it. Um, it's being in a social, trying to social connect, preparing the food together, buying locally, eating off locally sourced plates, buying locally sourced glasses, and it's an immersive experience. And then when you're immersed in that experience, you're gonna feel good and connected to the people and the food around you um, and make more of these feel good neurotrophins, which then support the brain. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole immersive experience. And, and I love that, it's passionate. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Wonderful, and you're kind of very passionate about it. <laughs> I can say that. Um, the, uh, the values, um, yes. The, health um overall uh, brain health body health um weight loss strength uh endurance um balance uh gastro uh, value um all benefit uh, full benefits yes i mean that the, the gut the gut brain connection is, is so important as you, as you just mentioned um and if the the gut's not healthy then the again these neurotrophins they they seem to be stimulated by a healthy gut. So through the vagus nerve going up from the gut, from the vagus nerve, um, and vagus comes from vagabond, wanderer, it's because it wanders all over the body and it picks up all the information going on around us. But yeah, the gut uh, transfers positive anti-inflammatory connections up into the brain and helps protect the brain, particularly the substantia nigra to do, that's involved in Parkinson's. It, it really supports the substantia nigra. Oh. Um, yeah, and so beneficial bacteria is called psychobiotics. They, 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 they realize just the importance of beneficial bacteria. 
and then the negative side of thing if you don't look after your gut um we we now know that um dr brack is i think is a, a dutch doctor has found that inflammatory um, compounds can travel up from the gut over 10 years and can inflame the brain and increase the risk of Parkinson's too. I mean, many people that suffer from Parkinson's have had constipation for a long period of time. And Dr. Brack thinks that it could be this in inflammation going on in the gut, traveling up through the vagus nerve and eventually to the substantia nigra, which may undermine these dopamine producing neurons. Well, um Based on one of your posts, I personally have started taking creatine for uh, better gut yes. health and, and, yes. and muscle uh, recovery after workouts as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great, isn't it, that we've yeah. learned a bit from people uh, who've, who've interested in gym work and increasing their, their musculature, but we now know that it's supportive for the gut and it helps support the gut, it helps support the brain, helps support the heart. So just for energy throughout the body, creatine is, is, is really, really supportive. So as all this has been discovered, as we've learned so much more that you've referenced a lot of things in recent years uh, and people have become maybe a little more uh, conscious uh, and self-conscious of what they put into their body and how it affects them. Uh, have you seen an increase in interest in your professional um, needs uh, for more patients over the years? The, I think that the, 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 there's been more people having an interest in nutrition and the, the level of how informed people are. I think that's the biggest difference I've noticed. And I, I think that the Internet has made people really research uh, more deeply before they seek help um, so they're coming to you really informed and I'm sure the medical profession feel the same too and and sometimes it's dismissed but I don't find that I find they come really well informed and they're it means that they're ready to work they're, they they've made some changes I mean, in in the past there was a real dif difficulty getting people to make the changes but what I'm finding now is people have made those changes in their mind already. They've made quite a few of those early steps sure. and they're, uh, they're ready to make that. And that, that is much, much easier. It, it does mean that they're also very experimental, that they're sometimes going off on tangents, which may not lead anywhere, but I prefer that than not actually engaging. Sure. The, the first step in anything is, is becoming aware of the need for it, or at least, discovering what it is and the interest in it. And that goes from learning to do something from the perspective of, I have no interest or it's something I can't do to, well, let me see what's involved in doing that. It goes into um, addiction recovery. Uh, again, the first step is always uh, knowing yeah. that you've got a problem and then seeking help yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, always a positive to try to get information on something and learn more about it. Yeah. Um, so those, um, um, is it Dick Cheney with the, the unknown unknowns, the known knowns and the, you know, all, all that, that, that quadrant of <laughs> just uncovering something, um, that first we don't know about it. Then you then have an awareness of it, but right. the known unknown, then you have to make it a known known. And when you know that about your physiology, about your chemistry, when you understand that, then you can really engage in it. Sure. Sure. I, I, don't recall that being attributed to Dick Cheney. Um, 
I might have got the wrong, I know it's someone to do with the American government, but I uh-huh. might have got the wrong person. But I know it was uh, quite a surprise when I realized who actually quoted it. Yeah, I mean, he's most famous for shooting one of his hunting friends in the face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, challenges relative to the client when they seek your help or, or just look to improve their nutrition in general? Um, the, I, I think I, I don't want to make changes too quickly. I think that that's one, one of the things. And sometimes people want to uh, almost sprint into something particularly because of how changing someone's diet is going to change the way they feel. It, it takes a, a lot of adjustment. And just for example, the gut, if someone's eating a lot more fruits and vegetables, they're going to get a lot more phytonutrients, polyphenols entering into their gut. And the whole gut balance is going to change over that period. So I, I do not want them to... The danger is if they rush into something that and they get a really bad experience, they're going to stop. Sure. I, I, I want them... I'd rather go slowly, and I, if I when I supplement with supplements, I want to give low amounts to start with, um, and I'd rather give a supplement for longer rather than a large amount for a shorter period of time. I'd rather I could extend it uh, and give it for longer, um, because the, a lot of the supplements are, even though they're weak in terms of the medical sense, they're still quite powerful, and people with Parkinson's, I, I think a lot of nutritionists as well don't realize just how much on edge people's brain energy is with neurological problems with neurodegeneration those the energy production in their central nervous system is on a knife edge and you could do something by pushing it too hard to cause damage and i don't want to do that and i don't think that's appreciated so first do no harm precautionary principle make sure that that person can tolerate what's happening, that that people can be really gung-ho and you don't want that. You want to take things slowly and make sure there's a benefit there. I don't believe in healing, a healing crisis at all. I think that's a mistake. I think people can't afford to go through that suffering. They need to make sure that every step is a positive step and gives them more energy. Fabulous. Um, Ray, the, uh, on the business side of things, now uh, insurance is much different in the UK yeah. than it is here in the States, yeah. um, where we're more out of pocket for pretty much everything, or at least um, paying an insurance premium and then supplementing that with out of pocket expenses. Uh, in the UK, when a client comes to you, are those uh, general costs covered through insurance? Do they um, have to supplement that? Uh, and how do you uh, work with a client who has um, financial needs to, to meet those? I've never found um, insurance has worked that well. I mean, uh, it's, it seems to be that the insurance companies aren't keen on covering uh, nutritional therapy. Uh, I've never found it's worked that well. And in the end, everyone I've worked with it have done it privately because mm-hmm. of the um, the hoops you have to jump through that it, it's never worked out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always a difficult thing. Uh, I think I think a few practitioners have managed it, but I, I haven't. I haven't managed to. Um, the clients haven't managed to convince their insurance companies that the, <laughs> that it's something that's covered by their insurance. Wow. There's always some caveat somewhere. My uh, prior to COVID, um, I had a uh, 
different uh, job. Um, so I had different insurance at that time through my employer and they actually covered six visits a year to a dietitian. I had okay. never been to one in my life, um, but I've had you know, digestive challenges for, for a long yeah. time. I'm lactose intolerant and, and several other problems, which one of the reasons why I only eat two things all day long, yeah. uh, peanut butter, banana, by the way. Um, the, uh, during my few visits that I was able to, to uh, make prior to COVID, I found great value in that. And I was shocked uh, from what you just told me that that is something that a, uh, a an American insurance company would actually be more proactive on uh, yeah. than a British one. Well, I think because we've over here, we, we have our national health system, which is uh, free. If you're paying your national insurance, paying your taxes, then that's free uh, at the moment. Anyway, it could it could. It sounds like it might move to more of an American style system, but um it means that the insurance is quite different over here. It's not, insurance won't cover a whole range of things. Um, and so they're, they're very um, choosy about what they will cover and what they won't cover. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that can be an episode in itself that we could probably look into uh, once we have a more universal audience as well. Yes. Um, do you network for, uh, business gains? Do you, uh, do people seek your consult, um, medical practices, organizations, uh, do you have marketing strategies to, uh, get your, your name out there other than your, your LinkedIn posts and, uh, organizations that you're connected with? It's, it's a really slow process. And I, uh, bit by bit, I'm building up, um, through social, um, social media, through networking and it's it's a really really slow process i haven't i haven't pushed it i think i'm the kind of person that gets overwhelmed if things happen too quickly uh, and i i have to because of my own chronic fatigue background i have to manage my own energy levels which is it, it keeps me sensitive to what's going on within other people too I, i'm quite empathetic to people's energy levels because of my own uh, struggles with my own energy levels so i just i just only bite off what I can manage at a time. So I'm pushing more and more and more. The books have made a huge difference. Like I, I spent about three to four years writing those, those books where I just was by myself, researching, writing. And as they've come out and I've made more connections, it's opened up lots and lots of doors. So, and doors keep opening. There's more and more doors opening with different organizations at the moment, but only at the level that I can manage. I will, I will kind of uh, make those connections when I feel, feel ready to, but it, it's quite exciting. I mean, the, the teaching is expanding all the time. Webinars are opening up, research opportunities. So yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Awesome. Um, the last year, obviously there, a year and a half, there may not have been as many of those live opportunities. Um, mm -hmm. how, how had that affected you personally and business and, and how has it affected your clients or um, people that you may have worked with in the past that you you could still be in touch with the yeah i mean i, I it's a it's a real loss I mean, the, the teaching I, I love being uh in a class in person teaching because there's that connection with people um when you're teaching you can really see whether something's hit home when you say something whether it's had had a you've touched them or not and then you can adjust what you're teaching to suit the way things are going in a live environment. So we have, I've missed that. But then 
by going on Zoom that the numbers of people that you can connect with are dramatically higher. Sure. So there's there's the there's the loss of that and and there's the chat in there's the chat in Zoom. I mean Zoom is uh great because you do have that chat box that, that can be distracting initially until you get the hang of it. because uh, there's so much going on. I mean when, when you're online, there's yeah, you the, need an administrator. Thing, yeah, there's 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 things going on all the time and uh and you have to get used to that. Yeah, you know, your your brain has to catch up with that with that side of stuff. So Zoom has its benefits. I mean, I, I'm talking to you on Zoom, which is tremendous. I couldn't probably be, be I wouldn't be able to travel over to to you to to speak to you in person. Certainly not. It would, it would be a yeah. long, expensive phone call. So <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, as, as many doors as it's closed, it's opened up just as many doors as it, if not more. So that that's been exciting too. Um, webinars. I've been making a lot of webinars um, and being able to connect with people through webinars as well. I've had a connection with Pure Encapsulations um, and been a sponsor to make uh, six, between six and eight webinars I, I, I produce for them, uh, depending on um, which medium it goes through. Awesome. And that, that's available on their, uh, their education website on pure encapsulations for the UK. Um, yeah, there's there's three brain health webinars I did last year for them that's available on their education section on their on their website. And, and I'm sorry, that's on whose website? It's it's um, pureencapsulations.co.uk. Um, it's available on their website. You'd have to register uh, with them. And then there's all these series of webinars are available. And I, I talk about brain health. I mean, it's as, as you said, that when we're looking at brain health for Parkinson's, it doesn't just apply to Parkinson's, it's also uh, for depression, Alzheimer's, dementia, and MS as well. All those themes for brain health, particularly inflammation. Inflammation is something uh, that is relevant to all brain health. And if we can get inflammation down, a lot of the drivers for pathology in Parkinson's, MS, Alzheimer's, and uh, dementia all have similar drivers um so I, I talk a lot about the brain's immune system the mi microglia i don't know whether you've heard of microglia no but the brain's immune system tends to be um out of balance that the brain's immune system that really should be watching out for damage in the brain um it starts to become overactive and it starts to not just try to get rid of damage it starts causing more damage and i i liken it to a bull in a china shop um, that it's trying to do some good, but then it starts to do more damage. And a lot of the things we're trying to do with Parkinson's and people with uh, depression and Alzheimer's is to shift the brain's immune system to a more anti-inflammatory um, type or phenotype. And lots of the things that do that, all the phytonutrients in fruits and vegetables, they actively uh, connect with parts of the brain and switch off the inflammation. And that's, mm -hmm. that's really, really exciting that there's, we've got receptors that are triggered by the compounds in fruits and vegetables, all these polyphenols, these phytonutrients actively help get brain inflammation down and protect the brain. As well as inflammation in the body. Yes, as well as inflammation in the body. And it does mm -hmm. a lot good for the, for the gut as well. Um, yeah, so that this, this, this brain inflammation is incredibly important to get down. Awesome.
Ray, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day. Um, I, we wish you, you know, the best with your career, with moving forward, uh, with um, working through uh, fatigue. And um, you've, you've offered valuable information for our listeners, invaluable information that um, you know, we'll be sharing and um, are very thrilled to have you and uh, look forward to keeping up with your posts and uh, tracking your career. Thank you, Frank. Thank you so much. Sure, it's our pleasure. And on behalf of Hal, um, who uh, I had mentioned earlier, uh, is undergoing a MRI this morning as a, uh, a pretest for his uh, DBS surgery next week. And we're looking forward to uh, seeing the results of that as well. I know it'll be a slow process of recovery, um, but hopefully it, uh, he has, with all of the tests that he's taken, he is the ideal candidate. Uh, he does respond well to his dopamine medication and, and other things that he's taking. And that is what the surgeons look for in uh, determining the, uh, the vi viability of a candidate. And um, it should reduce his reliability on those medications. Uh, he likes to say that uh, Parkinson's has turned him into a drug addict and he's not really happy about that. So we, we wish him the best and uh, thank you again. And we wish you the best, Ray. Thank you very much and good luck to Hal. Appreciate it. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you. That was Ray Griffiths, Hal. I'm sorry you weren't uh, live with us when we were talking to him, um, but I, I think you know, from listening, you can uh, appreciate the, uh, the broader perspective of, of diet and, and some of his expertise in that area. Oh, absolutely. It's so important what we eat, um, especially, you know, if we're, we're um, like myself, you know, if we're uh, got a situation where things can make us feel a little better or a little worse sure you know and you are what you put in your stomach absolutely and you, know, you heard ray talk about you know getting into it from managing his own um energy levels and uh, and um, the improvements that he's found um take care of your health hey we all got Don't stress it stress it enough yeah it's how true how true yeah um some of the the, the great therapy recommendations of uh, dance therapy uh, where we talked about the correlation uh, on rock steady boxing with right that. yes and uh, just similar steps you know boxers are dancers in a lot oh of yeah ways. they're artists yeah. they're it's all different different you know they're out there for the public to see to entertain them so sure. um, there's all different ways of doing it uh, the uh, specifically the Mediterranean diet. I love his passion about um, the lifestyle and eating with other people and the colors of the food and sharing a meal and conversation and you know, it's great. great it, you know that's getting more popular and more popular and um, I, I've actually been looking into it also and mm -hmm. um, you know I mean they say the the the, the colors are so important. It's it's very interesting. Yeah. I'm colorblind, so it all looks the yeah. same to me. <laughs> Red, green, orange, peppers. I forgot you got your own deal. I always forget <laughs> that until it's time to kid with you. And then that mind diet also sounded uh, super something worth looking into, which is the uh, a dash diet combined with a Mediterranean diet. Um, but nourishment is is vital. That's um, our gasoline. That's our fuel. Yeah. Uh, and another very good point that he made and great advice is uh, slow and steady changes for improvement. Don't go rushing into anything. Make sure that whatever you do <coughs> works for you um, and then start building on it from there. Yeah, I found that very interesting because some people, like, they get something that turned on to something and they say, oh, let me, if it's good for you, let me have more of it. Sure. But, you know, he says you got to do it slow, steady, get your gut right, right you know, to, yeah. to understand if something new's going on. 
and um, you know it's the best way to take it on. Sure. And of course, his first client being a Labrador, um, you know, probably yeah. eats <laughs> a broader, <laughs> broader menu than most of us as well. Like whatever's not nailed, nailed down, dogs will eat. And yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, funny of course, the dog that. wasn't there for for diet. He was there for because uh, she was there for cancer. Um, but it's you know, interesting, and and you know, the pets will teach us so much about ourselves. Oh, and, and there's no question on that. You know, pets are so good for for therapy, for relaxation, mm -hmm. for um, just just love when you need it. Absolutely, and they've always got it. They've always got it to give. Uh, and and the the key um, with health for me has always been inflammation and managing inflammation. I know if uh, I have a good back day and a, my you know everything is working right, I'm usually much happier. When I'm in pain, it's you know not the best day. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, no one likes to walk around in pain. You know, when you're in pain, especially back pain, it's like, you know, you lose a lot of patience. And I know you're working on patience, Frank. <laughs> and that inflammation is yeah, not just back, uh, but as, as Ray said, in the brain and in the gut and anywhere else in the body. And reducing inflammation uh, goes a long way toward improving your circulation, your uh, ability to, to move around, uh, and your all health in general. I got a question for you, Frank. Yeah. See how good your memory is talking about these things. How much um, fluid does your brain produce in a day? Well, it's my answer is 12 ounces, but since we have sponsorships now that we're going after, the answer that Dr. Sharan gave us was a can of Coke. Specifically you, Coca-Cola, we're talking to you. So jump <laughs> in and sponsor us on one shaking. <laughs> Very good. I knew you'd get that. You still got it, Frank. <laughs> of course, your brain doesn't have Coca-Cola like floating around in there, um, but it's a nice visual anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, bud. Good job. Uh, and Nabisco, we're still waiting to hear back from you, too. Chips Ahoy. <laughs> and you put a little t thing in there for some music, you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We appreciate your time uh, and, your, and everybody's listening and hope we brought you uh, some vital and valuable information today to help you with your life. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And keep hanging in and checking out what's shaking. Take care. This has been the What's Shaking Parkinson's Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please check us out on Facebook at What's Shaking Parkinson's Podcast. You can also email us at What's Shaking Podcast at protonmail.com. Thank you.